What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Monday, September 16th. Hope all you guys are having a good day so far. Hope all you guys are bringing in good and positive energy into this new week, man. Tackle what you got to do. Complete all your challenges and goals that you set for yourself. Do what you got to do for your loved ones, your friends, and your family. And just keep grinding. Don't ever stop. And just stay motivated and stay positive. And always, always block out the BS and strive for greatness. Now, today, I want to come at you guys and talk about some UCLA hoops and talk about recruitment. But first, you know, I ain't going to lie to y'all. It was a rough weekend for me. And no, you know, my weekends always could be a lot worse. Nothing crazy happened to me or anything like that. But just... With my Michigan State Spartans losing to Arizona State, that really just had me mad because I felt like we should have won that game. It is what it is. Luckily, my Rams came through yesterday and beat the Saints. I'm praying for Drew Brees. Hopefully, like they said, he'll be out for six weeks. So hopefully, you know, he'll recover just fine and be able to come back and the Saints should still be in playoff contention. Ben Roethlisberger, I'm praying for, who they announced had an elbow injury, will be out for the season. Hopefully, you know, he's, you know, he's getting up in age. He's an older QB. Hopefully, he's able to make it through and have a successful surgery with that. And, yeah, man, so that's just that. But let's get right into UCLA, man. So before I get into this roster, UCLA is very, very lucky. And more so Mick Cronin, who was the newly head coach who coached at Cincinnati from Cincinnati, um, the Bearcats for the past uh, multiple years. I can't even count how many years he's been at Cincinnati now. But. Unlike a lot of the first-year head coaches in the NCAA for basketball, like Nate Oates, who's going to be at Alabama, Eric Musselman at Arkansas, Jawan Howard at Michigan, Jerry Stackhouse at Vanderbilt, unlike a lot of those guys, I'm not giving Mick Cronin the same amount of leeway. And why you may be asking yourself right now is because he has much more talent than all those other coaches combined, literally. Like, Steve Alford was not a good coach. And I I remember the day UCLA announced that they were hiring him to be the next head basketball coach at UCLA. I knew it was not going to work. But one thing he did do while he was at UCLA was he recruited really, really well. From Justin Holiday to Lonzo Ball to multiple players. They've had a lot of really good players come to UCLA since in Steve Offord's tenure at UCLA. And he left Mick Cronin with a lot of good pieces, and that's the reason why I'm holding him to a bit of a higher standard than a lot of these first-year head coaches, because it's not necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily say it's the kids that he wants to recruit, but it's what he has, and not only is it what he has, this team is really good. The talent is there. That's why I was kind of shocked with what Steve Alford was able to do with this team last year. So let's rewind to last year. I know UCLA fans don't really want to do that. They want to move on, be over it, but let's just look back. So last year, UCLA went 17 and 16, 17 and 16, nine and nine in Pac-12 play. They were 500 in Pac-12 play, 13 and five at home, which is pretty good. But honestly, you should only probably lose maybe two or three home games a year. If you're an elite team, which UCLA, I won't say is elite right now, but obviously their history and culture, you should only lose about less than three games. Honestly, like you should not lose more than three games at home throughout the course of a season. Honestly, it should be two, but that's just for the standards right now. Also, there were three and a seven in away games, which is we all know is bad. And there were one and four at neutral site games. And one of those neutral site games happened to be against my Michigan State Spartans at the Las Vegas Invitational Tournament, where we completely 
annihilated UCLA. Like, we blew them out. And honestly, I knew we were the better team. I knew my Spartans were the better team. But not, I did not expect us to completely just beat UCLA that bad. Like, they didn't. Even, the game wasn't even that competitive from the jump. Like, I, I go back and watch that game to this day, and it was just no competitive spirit from UCLA. Like, they just looked down and out. And that really concerned me. But moving on from that, though, they lose Coach Steve Alford, who, like I said, I didn't think he was the right person for the job. But because and the only reason I didn't I don't think he was the right person for the job was just because UCLA is a big, big brand like UCLA, as much of a basketball culture and history that it has. It's a it's a brand from football to basketball to soccer. UCLA is a brand. It's a national brand. It's a powerhouse. And I just didn't think Steve Alford was the man for the job. And not only that, but unfairly, every UCLA head coach that comes through there is going to get unfairly compared to John Wooden. It's not fair, but it's just reality. Honestly, it just, it just is what it is. So they fire him and they move on and he goes to Nevada. And I do think with him having less expectations at the University of Nevada, Reno, He's going to be a very, very successful coach there. He's going to lead the Wolfpack to a lot of good wins and stuff like that. I do think he is the right person for that job, just not the UCLA job. So they lose him. They also lose Jalen Hands to the NBA draft, who the last I actually heard from Jalen Hands, I don't know if he got drafted or not, but I do know he was. He had a partially, I want to say he had like a training, not a training camp deal, but he had, I believe he was drafted by the Brooklyn Nets, actually. I want to say he was drafted by the Brooklyn Nets. Then you had Chris Wilkes, who I don't think was drafted either. I think he was trying to fight for a training camp spot for the New York Knicks. I heard that contract got voided, so he's trying to make his way to some type of G League team for now. And then they also lost Moses Brown, who was a seven foot, I think he was like seven foot two, seven foot three, originally from Brooklyn. Goes to UCLA for a year. Kind of struggles just because he's so tall, but yet he's so skinny. So he needs to add some weight. But I did hear, I believe a week ago, Woj, a.k.a. the Woj Bomb, Adrian Wojnowski from ESPN, actually posted that he actually signed a training camp deal with the Portland Trailblazers. So hopefully he can work his way up um, on that team and that organization. So shout out to all of them. That's who they lose. And that is losing a lot. I'm not going to lie to you guys. That's a lot of talent loss. But let's get into this roster. So first... One of two seniors that they have that should get quality minutes. And like I said, UCLA has, I'm going to name 12 players that should get minutes for UCLA. 12. 12. Think about that. Most of the top teams in the country, like the Kentuckys, the Dukes, like Duke last year, they only played about seven, seven man deep, maybe eight some games. Kentucky, they play about, last year, they probably played about eight. So it's like, you know, a lot of teams don't have as much depth. UCLA does, luckily. So let's get right into it. Redshirt senior. Alex Olesinski, six foot ten forward slash uh, center out of Roswell, New Mexico, went to La Lumiere High School in Indiana. Has the most experience on the team, obviously, other than the other senior who we'll talk about in a minute. But honestly, he's a lefty. He can shoot it. Really good rebounder. Pretty solid post player, and he should be a, a pretty good factor on this team. So I like his game a little bit. He's been there through the ups and downs. Hopefully, his senior year could be a good one. Another player next is redshirt sophomore Cody Riley. You guys are probably familiar with that name um, for different reasons. But 6'9 forward, originally from Kansas City, Kansas, and went to Sierra Canyon High School, which is a predominant basketball school out in L.A. Cody Riley is one of my favorite players on this team. He's going to be the one of the bruisers for this team because not only is he strong, and I mean strong as I don't know what, like strong as a bull, 
He can shoot the he can shoot the ball, space the floor, nice left-handed jumper. He has a good um he's good at driving the ball and getting to the rack and finishing. I like his game a lot. I think he's gonna be a, a really if UCLA wants to have a lot of success, Cody Riley is gonna be a, a major part in that. And I like I think he's gonna be a really key individual for this Bruins team. So that's Cody Riley. Next we have sophomore Jules Bernard, 6'6", shooting guard slash small forward, originally from Los Angeles, went to Windward High School. Now, true story, my senior year of high school, I actually played against Jules Bernard. He went to Windward, as I just said. It's a school in the middle of L.A. You honestly probably wouldn't even be able to notice it because it's such in the cut. Like, it's literally a gated community of a high school. But we actually played them. I think we played them in the third round of the playoffs, and he gave us 40 points. He dropped 40 on us, but we beat them. We beat them, and we moved on in the playoffs. So Jules Bernard, though, I like his game also a lot, too. Another lefty, not only is he strong as I don't know what, really, really good jump shooter. Like, he's really good at jump, at jump shooting, off the catch, you know, off the dribble. He can do it all. Strong again to the rack, knows how to create contact and finish. I do like his game a lot. And he had some ups and downs his freshman year. I think he's going to take a very, very big leap this upcoming year in the sophomore year. And I think he's going to be one of their best scorers on this team. They're going to need a lot of production out of him too because he has the talent to do a lot of different things. He is a really good basketball player. I like his game a lot. Play with the content magic. I watched him a couple different times, but playing against him was definitely an experience. He's strong as I don't know what. Really, really talented player. And UCLA is definitely going to rely on him for some a few big buckets throughout this next season. So that's Jules Bernard. Now, a freshman, one of the few freshmen that they have on this team is Jaime Jaquez, who's a or Jaime Jaquez Jr., excuse me, 6'6 guard slash forward, originally from Camarillo, California, went to Camarillo High School. Now, Jaime is an interesting player. I actually watched him play in the Drew League, which is a pro-am that takes place in Compton every year. Um, he's a really talented player, too. Another really good player. He's creative in the post, athletic as I don't know what. If you see him, you would not think he's athletic as he is. Like, he's 6'6", so obviously you're going to expect him, but the bounce that he has is honestly crazy. He's I've seen him dunk on a couple different players um, in, a diff- in a couple different situations. He's not the fastest with the ball in his hands or anything like that, but he can knock down shots. Really solid player. I don't expect him to get a lot of minutes. Like, I don't expect him to play 25-plus minutes, but I do expect him to play somewhere between – 14 to 18 minutes a game and give UCLA some really good minutes and Coach McCrone some really good minutes throughout the season. So that's Jaime Jaquez Jr., originally from Camarillo, California. Next, probably I'll say the second best pro potential player on this team is junior Chris Smith, and he is a a 6'9 point forward, originally from Chicago, Illinois, graduated from Huntington Prep High School in West Virginia. Now, Chris Smith is another interesting player. He is talented as I don't know what. Strong, really good score, whether it's the three-point shot, the mid-range game, whatever. He is a bucket getter. Has very good passing ability. He can really run the point guard. Like He's 6'9", but he knows how to run the offense. And we'll see what Mick Cronin does offensively. I don't know if he's going to implement the same kind of offense that he did while he was at Cincinnati to UCLA. It might be different. It might be the same. I don't know yet, but... If it's anything like he did at Cincinnati, he always let his best players have the ball. And that's just obvious coaching one-on-one. But Chris Smith is going to be probably one of their best players, if not their the best player on this team. I think he it, it's a chance that he will be their best player, but 
I think throughout the course of the season, it might change hands a couple of times. And I'll tell you guys why in a minute when we talk about another one of his teammates. But Chris Smith, man, really, really talented player, has a lot of potential, super bouncy, got all the tools. I really think it's a good chance that he ends up playing in the NBA one day soon. So that's Chris Smith. Next is redshirt freshman and the only true, true point guard on this team is Tiger Campbell. Now, 5'11 point guard, originally from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, went to La Lumiere High School, the same high school that Alex Olesinski went to out in Indiana. Tiger Campbell is funny because I actually remember watching him when he was in seventh grade. He had a mixtape playing with the Iowa Barnstormers. Really, really talented point guard. High Q, really, really good floor general, really good leader, knows how to score and get his own bucket when need be. Now, he's coming off an ACL injury, which sat him out and had him sidelined for the entire his entire freshman season, which was last season. So they gave him a red shirt. Decide, you know, obviously he has no choice. Hopefully, I think, I'm pretty sure he's 100% healthy now. I think he's going to end up being their starting point guard. He is a talented player. I like his game a lot because he's just such a high IQ player. And you can tell when he's on the court, he knows how to make things happen and make them happen fast. And he's going to be another important player. Like I said, he's their only true point guard on this entire UCLA roster. And I expect him, since he had the injury last year, to have a chip on his shoulder and come back and play stronger than ever. And we'll see. It's going to be very, very interesting to see what he can do in this offense for UCLA. So that's Tiger Campbell. Definitely be on the lookout for him. Next is another freshman. Goes by the name of Jake Kyman, another 6'6 guard slash forward. He's originally from Aliso Viejo, California, went to Santa Margarita High School. This guy, another freshman who I expect to get some playing time, just like Jaime Jaquez, not a lot, but some playing time. He is one of the best shooters, if not the best shooter on this entire team. Pull-up jumpers, three-point jumpers, stop and pop, transition, whatever. Jake Kyman can shoot the lights off the ball. And you wouldn't notice it by looking at him, but he is also another very underrated defender. He knows how to really slide his feet. He knows angles when it comes to defense. He's really an active defender, and I think that's going to be the main reason that he does get minutes as a true freshman for the UCLA team. I actually like his game a lot. Watched him play a couple different times on the AAU circuit with Team Dream Vision on Adidas. And so he's a really talented player. I like his game a lot, too. He's going to get... As throughout the years during UCL during his UCLA career, he's gonna have a lot of really good moments, and he's a special type of player. So definitely be on the lookout for him. Next, one of the few post players that UCLA has on this team, sophomore Kenneth Nuba, 6'9", forward slash center at Lagos, Nigeria, went to Huntington Prep High School in West Virginia, the same school that Chris Smith went to. Now, Kenny, I believe they call him Kenny for short, obviously for Kenneth. Kenny is, is, like I stated, one of their only post players that they have. He's a predominantly post player. Loves to get rebounds. He really rebounds his butt off. Hustler type of player. Really good at just catching lobs and dunking in traffic. Strong as I don't know what. He was able to move from Michigan State. My Spartans, Nick Ward, who if you guys know Nick Ward, he was one of the best post players in the entire country last year. And he is big and big bodied. And so Kenneth... Really, really special player. I think he's going to be, and he, he is an important player for UCLA this year. He's going to be a very, very key and focal point because, like I stated, he's their only true post player. The old school big man that just loves to eat in the post and do their dirty work inside the post, you know, five feet and under. This is the guy for UCLA. I don't know if he's going to start. I don't know what their starting five is going to look like. I'm going to try and project their starting five and once I get through the whole roster, but 
he's going to be another very important player for the Bruins. So that's Kenneth Nuba. Now, going on, moving on, my favorite player on this team, and it is not just because of his last name, but it is redshirt freshman Sharif O'Neal, 6'9", power forward from L.A., went to Crossroads High School in Santa Monica. Yes, he is Shaq's son. And yes, he is more than Shaq's son. Sharif O'Neal, I like his game a lot. Now, he's coming off a heart surgery, which he is 100% recovered from, and I'm glad to see him back on the court. And I think a lot of people are forgetting about this dude. He has a chance to be one of the best players in the entire Pac-12. And that might sound like a lot of pressure that I'm putting onto him, but he is that good. And forget his last name for a minute. Sharif O'Neal is the goods. He is legitimate. He is 6'9". He can shoot from anywhere. He's just kind of like his pops. He has some dominance in him. He's not as dominant as Shaq, obviously, but he has his moments where he is not afraid to dunk on you and, you know, rub it all in your face. Really good at blocking shots. He's active on the glass. He does a little bit of everything, but I think his offensive package is so much more expanded than what his dad's was that that's going to be the biggest difference in his NBA career. And I'm not saying he's going to be better than Shaq. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm just saying offensively, his package is much, much bigger than Shaq's ever was. No offense to Shaq because we all know he's a Hall of Fame legend and stuff like that. But Sharif O'Neal is definitely writing his own legacy, and he's definitely well on his way to becoming the next NBA player in the O'Neal family. But with that in mind, though, I really think, I really, really think there's a chance that he could be their number one option. His game has steadily improved every single time I've watched him. I watched him when he was in the EYBL. I watched him in high school. I watched him for the Drew League, and he's only gotten better ever since. And he is going to have, like Tiger Campbell, both coming off quote-unquote injuries. You know, Tiger Campbell's coming off of ACL. He's coming off heart surgery, which was, I believe, life-threatening, and I believe he beat it. So he should be fine. He's going to be one of their most important and reliable scorers. And once he gets acclimated to the college game and college speed, and I think, you know, as much as I don't want to really admit this, but I think that giving him a year off to recover from his heart surgery and stuff like that and just being able to let him sit back and watch the game, kind of like what the Kansas City Chiefs did for Patrick Mahomes, just sitting down, letting him watch the game and see the speed of the game, I think that really helps him a lot. I think that gives him an edge. So now he knows what to do. Now he knows how he's going to score and stuff like that. Even though he's playing for a different coach now, I think he's still going to be one of the main pieces for the UCLA team. I think it might be a chance he starts. I don't know. I think he will. But he's going to be one of their leading scorers, whether he comes off the bench or whether he starts. I don't care what anybody says. He's that good. Forget about his last name. Sharif O'Neal is the real deal. Believe that. Next, the other senior that I was talking about earlier, the second senior, redshirt senior is Prince Ali. 6'4", shooting guard slash small forward out of the Bronx, New York, went to the Sagemont High School in Florida. Now, Prince Ali, it's crazy that he's still at UCLA. It seems like he's been at UCLA forever, but pretty decent shooter. His best part about his game is his ability to get to the rack and finish through contact and dunk on you. His athleticism really, really separates him from a lot of players in the country because it only takes him two steps to get from the three-point line to the rim in one dribble. That's all it takes for him, and that separates him a lot. I think he's improved on his jump shot, on his jump shooting, shall I say, a lot since he's been at UCLA. We'll see this upcoming year. I think, you know, he does have a little touch on it. I just think he needs to get more of a one motion in his jumper. It kind of was like a hitch, and so he would kind of like take two motions to release his jumper. But I think he's made some improvements and adjustments, and I think it should be a really, really big senior year for 
um, Prince Ali. I don't necessarily think he's going to be um, their leading scorer, but I do think he'll be one of their more important players because, one, he's probably going to be a captain or a leader, and I think he is because he's been there long, the longest. He has the most experience. He's been to the tournament, even though they struggled in their years in the tournament, but he knows what he's doing. And so he, he should be the main leader from day one. Um, and, you know, season's getting close. Season's only about 50 days away, I believe. So Prince Ali's going to have to step up and show this Bruins team that he is going to be the leader because this team is so young and so inexperienced. So he's going to have to step up and be a very, very key and vital and vocal leader from day one. So that's Prince Ali. Next, we got two players left, and then we'll talk a little bit about the team as a whole. Redshirt sophomore Jalen Hill. Now, shout out to Jalen Hill. He's actually close friends with one of my friends, Blake Griffith. Shout out to my guy, BG. Um, but Jalen Hill, 6'10", forward slash center from the Inland Empire, California. Shout out to the 909. He's from Corona. Went to Centennial High School, which is a powerhouse in Corona. Jalen Hill, man, another just predominantly post player. Can shoot the mid-range game a little bit. Really good shot blocker. Really good rebounder. Rim running. He can do that. Can dunk on you. Really, really good player. I think he'll come off the bench and give UCLA a lot of really good minutes and, pro, and pro, excuse me, and pro, productivity off the bench for UCLA. I like Jalen Hill's game a lot. He's a very, very talented player. He should be another player that should give UCLA a lot of good minutes. And then last but not least, another one of my favorite players on this team is true sophomore David Singleton. David Singleton is a 6'4 shooting guard out of Los Angeles. He went to Bishop Montgomery, which is one of the best basketball schools in all of L.A. when it comes to high school. David Singleton is probably the best scorer on this team. And I know I said I didn't necessarily say that about a couple other players, but David Singleton can shoot from anywhere. Free throw, he's money. And yes, they're free, but he's money. Elite score. He gave a lot of really good moments throughout his freshman year for the Bruins. He is capable of going off for 30 nights or excuse me 30 points at any night like literally david singleton is a really really good player and mick cronin is going to learn that he's going to have to run some plays to free up david singleton because he can literally shoot from anywhere his jumper isn't the prettiest he kind of shoots it from like the side but it's money and he's perfected it for the most part and yes like i stated Mick Cronin is going to run his offense. Most of, majority of his offense is going to be centered around David Singleton. He's one of the best scorers on this team. He can light it up for 30 any single night. And I do not, like, I'm not saying that lightly. He is the truth. Like, I like his game a lot. He is a special type of player. He's going to give UCLA a lot of really, really good minutes. So be on the lookout for him, man. And so with this team, that is the UCLA roster. As I stated, it can literally go 12 players deep. And they do not have scrubs on this team. That's why I'm holding Mick Cronin to a much higher standard than a lot of these first-year head coaches around the college basketball scene this year. But I'm not going to give him unrealistic expectations, but I do expect UCLA to be somewhere in the top six of the Pac-12. And honestly, I should be holding him to a higher standard. I want to say top five, but I think Washington and, excuse me, Washington and Oregon are going to be the top two teams. You can go one or two with either one of them. I think Arizona is going to be in the mix. I think USC is going to be in the mix somewhere. And besides that, the Pac-12 isn't really that good this year. Like, let's just keep – they had a down year last year for sure. Oregon barely made the tournament by winning the Pac-12 tournament. Washington had an okay year, I guess you can say. Um, and, you know, besides that, who else really had a good year? So it's like 
this is the year for the Pac-12 to kind of rise up because it's been in a funk in both their main sports in basketball and football. I think basketball has a chance to be really good. Football hasn't been the best as already because, you know, Stanford doesn't look good. UCLA doesn't look good. USC doesn't really look good. They lost their quarterback. So it's a lot of different things. But sticking with basketball and UCLA, more importantly, UCLA has a really good shot to do some things. And I'm not necessarily saying they're going to win the Pac-12, but they should definitely be in contention too because they have the pieces. Like they have a really good roster. Mick Cronin, when he got this job, it should be no complaining. Not even just because of the money that he got, but the players in the roster that Steve Alford left with him at UCLA is a good enough and capable roster to not only make it to the NCAA tournament, but to make it to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. And I'm serious when I say that. Like, I don't care what anybody says. You can call West Coast basketball soft, even though it's not because we produce some of the best players in the world. But this is the year that UCLA needs to really, really, I don't even know what the right word is to say, but they need to really make themselves a staple back in Division One college hoops. And like I stated, I don't need them to win the Pac-12 or anything like that, but they just need to be in contention. They need to be relevant again. Last year, they completely fell off the map. Like, I didn't even know Moses Brown, Jalen Hans, or I knew Jalen Hans did. I didn't even know Moses Brown and Chris Wilkes entered the NBA draft last year. That's how bad UCLA was last year. That's how nobody even cared about them like that, besides the people that are diehard fans of UCLA. So I'm expecting a lot from them, and that's UCLA, man. So moving on to the next subject at hand real quick, and then I will get you guys out of here. Five-star shooting guard and top five player in the nation, one of the top player, the top player in California, shall I say, Jalen Green, 6'6", shooting guard out of Fresno, California, currently goes to Prolific Prep up in Napa, California, which is a basketball powerhouse that has produced players like Josh Jackson, who plays in the NBA. I forgot who he plays with now since he's not on the Phoenix Suns anymore, but Paul Scruggs out of Xavier, Gary Trent Jr., who went to Duke and then ended up going to um, playing for the Portland Trailblazers. Jalen Green is now up there, and his recruitment was interesting. At first, we always thought it was down to Kentucky and Memphis, but with Kentucky adding Terrence Clark this past weekend, it sounds like Kentucky and Jalen Green have mutual, or it's announced that Jalen Green and Kentucky have mutually parted ways, and they are no longer considering each other. Now, Jalen Green played on the Nike EYBL circuit for Russell Westbrook's Team Why Not, where he averaged 18.2 points per game off 50% from the field. Um, 3.9 rebounds per game, 2.1 assists per game, and 1.1 steals per game. It is a reason he is a consensus top five player in the league because he can shoot it where he's really improved his game a lot. He's athletic as I don't know what. It only takes a probably three or four strides to get down full court, and I'm not lying when I say that. He's really good with the ball in his hands, and he's just dynamic. He is a special, special player, and I guarantee you guys we will see him in the NBA sooner rather than later. But with Kentucky being out of his recruitment now, the three schools that are probably have the best shot of him as of now are Oregon, which he just took an official visit this past weekend. He was up in Eugene visiting the Ducks and coach Dana Altman. Memphis, where he's built a really good relationship with coach Penny Hardaway and staff and Mike Miller, where he will visit on the weekend of October 3rd. And Auburn, who he will visit coach Bruce Pearl and the War Eagle on September 27th. Now, this is going to be interesting because a lot of people are saying different things. I've heard people say Oregon's the favorite. I've heard people say Memphis is the favorite. And it sounds like Memphis is the favorite because I won't lie to you guys. I think Memphis has established the best relationship with Jalen Green and his family. Like Kentucky probably was the favorites until obviously the news that came out today that they're splitting ways. But do not sleep on Auburn. 
please do not sleep on Auburn because if you think about it, he has said that he wants to play with some pretty good players in college. And Sharif Cooper was one of the best point guards in the nation. It sounds like he's a lot to Auburn. He hasn't committed yet, but it sounds like he wants to go and commit to Auburn. I feel like the only reason he has not committed to Auburn yet is because he wants to establish the players that he wants to be able to bring with him to play at Auburn. And I think it's a chance that Sharif Cooper, Jalen Green, and Jamin Brakefield could all end up playing at Auburn. And I think Jalen Green is a serious candidate to end up playing for Auburn. But as of now, we don't know yet because official visits can't change everything. Like I said, he just came off an official visit this past weekend to Oregon, and it sounds like the Ducks are the favorite as of now, but things could always change. As I said, Auburn is getting their official visit in a couple weeks on the weekend of September 27th, and then Memphis gets the last and final official visit on October 3rd, and so that will be interesting. And he has already announced that he will be officially committing on Christmas Day, December 25th of this year. So let's be on the lookout for Jalen Green, one of the best players in the nation. He is a big-time player. His recruitment is taking some weird twists and turns, but stay tuned for that, man. As always, shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sports. Go check out their podcast. I'm featured on their podcast network, but go check out their other podcast. Go check out their write-ups, their content, football, basketball, hockey, whatever, tennis. Go check it out. They got it all at Nuts and Bolts Sports. Go check them out on Twitter or whatever you use. But with that being said, please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review. And if you listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review, man. That's how we spread and share the podcast and get to bigger and better places. But with that being said, hopefully all you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the Monday night football game tonight. I believe we get to watch the Jets versus the Cleveland Browns. Should be my first look at OBJ and Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry since they came off that ugly loss against the Titans last week. So we'll see if they can bounce back. But as always, man, this has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast. You guys have a beautiful and blessed rest of y'all day. I will talk to you guys soon. Peace, love, and blessings gone.